This is Warrior's Way Podcast, episode 48, and I'm James Eek. The average American will meet 10,000 people in their lifetime. That's a lot of folks. But if every one of you changed the lives of just 10 people, and each one of those folks changed the lives of another 10 people, just 10, then in five generations, 125 years, the class of 2014 will have changed the lives of 800 million people. 800 million people. Think of it. Over twice the population of the United States. Go one more generation. And you can change the entire population of the world. Eight billion people. If you think it's hard to change the lives of 10 people, change your lives forever, you're wrong. I saw it happen every day in Iraq and Afghanistan. A young army officer makes a decision to go left instead of right down a road in Baghdad and the 10 soldiers in his squad are saved from close-in ambush. In Kandahar province, Afghanistan, a non-commissioned officer from the female engagement team senses something isn't right and directs the infantry platoon away from a 500-pound IED, saying the lives of a dozen soldiers. But if you think about it, not only were these soldiers saved by the decisions of one person, but their children, yet unborn, were also saved. And their children's children were saved. Generations were saved by one decision, by one person. But changing the world can happen anywhere, and anyone can do it. So what starts here can indeed change the world. But the question is, what will the world look like after you change it? Well, I'm confident that it will look much, much better. But if you will humor this old sailor for just a moment, I have a few suggestions that may help you on your way to a better world. And while these lessons were learned during my time in the military, I can assure you that it matters not whether you served a day in uniform. It matters not your gender, your ethnic or religious background, or your orientation or your social status. Our struggles in this world are similar, and the lessons to overcome those struggles and to move forward, changing ourselves and the world around us, will apply equally to all. I've been a Navy SEAL for 36 years. It all began when I left the University of Texas for basic SEAL training in Coronado, California. Basic SEAL training is six months of long, torturous runs in the soft sand, midnight swims in the cold water off San Diego, obstacle courses, unending calisthenics, days without sleep, and always being cold, wet, and miserable. It is six months of being constantly harassed by professionally trained warriors who seek to find the weak of mind and body and eliminate them from ever becoming a Navy SEAL. But the training also seeks to find those students who can lead in an environment of constant stress, chaos, failure, and hardship. To me, basic SEAL training was a lifetime of challenges crammed into six months. So here are the 10 lessons I learned from being 
from basic SEAL training that hopefully will be of value to you as you move forward in life. Every morning in basic SEAL training, my instructors, who at the time were all Vietnam veterans, would show up in my barracks room and the first thing they would inspect was your bed. If you did it right, the corners would be square, the covers pulled tight, the pillow centered just under the headboard, and the extra blanket folded neatly at the foot of the rack. That's Navy talk for bed. It was a simple task, mundane at best. But every morning we were required to make our bed to perfection. It seemed a little ridiculous at the time, particularly in light of the fact that we were aspiring to be real warriors, tough, battle-hardened SEALs. But the wisdom of this simple act has been proven to me many times over. If you make your bed every morning, you will have accomplished the first task of the day. It will give you a small sense of pride. And it will encourage you to do another task and another and another. By the end of the day, that one task completed will have turned into many tasks completed. Making your bed will also reinforce the fact that little things in life matter. If you can't do the little things right, you will never do the big things right. And if by chance you have a miserable day, you will come home to a bed that is made, that you made. And a made bed gives you encouragement that tomorrow will be better. So, if you want to change the world, start by making your bed. During SEAL training, the students are broken down into boat crews. Each crew is seven students, three on each side of a small rubber boat and one coxswain to help guide the dinghy. Every day, your boat crew forms up on the beach and is instructed to get through the surf zone and paddle several miles down the coast. In the winter, the surf off San Diego can get to be 8 to 10 feet high, and it's exceedingly difficult to paddle through the plunging surf unless, some, unless everyone digs in. Every paddle must be synchronized to the stroke count of the coxswain. Everyone must exert equal effort or the boat will turn against the wave and be unceremoniously tossed back onto the beach. For the boat to make its destination, everybody must paddle. You can't change the world alone. You will need some help. And to truly get from your starting point to your destination, it takes friends, colleagues, the goodwill of strangers, and a strong coxswain to guide them. If you want to change the world, find someone to help you paddle. Over a few weeks of difficult training, my SEAL class, which started with 150 men, was down to just 35. There were now six boat crews of seven men each. I was in the boat with the tall guys, but the best boat we had was made up of the little guys. The Munchkin crew, we called them. No one was over five foot five. The Munchkin boat crew had one American Indian, one African American, one Polish American, one Greek American, one Italian American, and two tough kids from the Midwest. And they paddled out, outran, outswam all the other boat crews. 
The big men in the other boat crews would always make good-natured fun of the tiny little flippers the munchkins put on their little tiny feet prior to every swim. But somehow, these little guys from every corner of the nation and the world always had the last laugh, swimming faster than everyone and reaching the shore long before the rest of us. SEAL training was a great equalizer. Nothing mattered but your will to succeed. Not your color, not your ethnic background, not your education, and not your social status. If you want to change the world, measure a person by the size of their heart, not the size of their flippers. Several times a week, the instructors would line up the class and do a uniform inspection. It was exceptionally thorough. Your hat had to be perfectly starched, your uniform immaculately pressed, your belt buckle shiny and void of any smudges, but it seemed that no matter how much effort you put into starching your hat or pressing your uniform or polishing your belt buckle, it wasn't good enough. The instructors would find something wrong. For failing the uniform inspection, the student had to run fully clothed into the surf zone and then wet from head to toe, roll around on the beach until every part of your body was covered with sand. The effect was known as a sugar cookie. You stayed in that uniform the rest of the day. Cold, wet, and sandy. There are many a student who just couldn't accept the fact that all their effort was in vain, that no matter how hard they tried to get their uniform right, it was unappreciated. Those students didn't make it through training. Those students didn't understand the purpose of the drill. You were never going to succeed. You were never going to have a perfect uniform. Sometimes, no matter how well you prepare or how well you perform, you still end up a sugar cookie. It's just the way life is sometimes. If you want to change the world, get over being a sugar cookie and keep moving forward. Every day during training, you were challenged with multiple physical events. Long runs, long swims, obstacle courses, hours of calisthenics, something designed to test your mettle. Every event had standards, times you had to meet. If you failed to meet those standards, your name was posted on a list, and at the end of the day, those on the list were invited to a circus. A circus was two hours of additional calisthenics designed to wear you down and break your spirit and force you to quit. No one wanted a circus. A circus meant that for that day you didn't measure up. A circus meant more fatigue. And more fatigue meant the following day would be more difficult and more circuses were likely. But at some time during SEAL training, everyone, everyone made the circus list. But an interesting thing happened to those who were constantly on the list. Over time, those students who did two hours of extra calisthenics got stronger and stronger. The pain of the circuses built inner strength, built physical resiliency. Life is filled with circuses. You will fail. You will likely fail often. It will be painful. It will be discouraging. At times, it will test you 
to your very core. But if you want to change the world, don't be afraid of the circuses. At least twice a week, the trainees were required to run the obstacle course. Now, the obstacle course contained 25 obstacles, including a 10-foot high wall, a 30-foot cargo net, and a barbed wire crawl, just to name a few. But the most challenging obstacle was the slide for life. It had a three-level, 30-foot tower at one end and a one-level tower at the other. In between was a 200-foot-long rope. You had to climb the three-tiered tower, and once at the top, you grabbed the rope, swung underneath the rope, and pulled yourself hand over hand until you got to the other end. The record for the obstacle course had stood for years when my class began training in 1977, and the record seemed unbeatable until one day a student decided to go down that slide for life head first. Instead of swinging his body underneath the rope and inching his way down, he mounted the top of the rope and thrust himself forward. It was a dangerous move, seemingly foolish and fraught with risk. Failure could mean injury and being dropped from training. But without hesitation, the student slid down the rope perilously fast. Instead of several minutes, it took him half the time, and by the end of the course, he had broken the record. If you want to change the world sometimes, you have to slide down the obstacle head first. During the land warfare phase of training, the students are flown out to San Clemente Island, which lies off the coast of San Diego. The waters of San Clemente are a breeding ground for the great white shark. To pass SEAL training, there are a series of long swims that must be completed. One is the night swim. And before the swim, the instructors joyfully brief the trainee on all the species of sharks that inhabit the waters off San Clemente. They assure you, however, that no student has ever been eaten by a shark at least not recently. But you're also taught that if a shark begins to circle your position, you stand your ground. You don't swim away. You don't act afraid. And if the shark, hungry for a midnight snack, darts towards you, then summon up all your strength and punch him in the snout, and he'll turn and swim away. There are a lot of sharks in the world. If you hope to complete the swim, you have to deal with them. So if you want to change the world, don't back down from the sharks. As Navy SEALs, one of our jobs is to conduct underwater attacks against enemy shipping. We practice this technique extensively during basic training. The ship attack mission is where a pair of SEAL divers are dropped off outside an enemy harbor, and then swim well over two miles underwater using nothing but a depth gauge and a compass to get their target. During the entire swim, even well below the surface, there is some light that comes through. It's comforting to know that there is open water above you. But as you approach the ship, which is tied to a pier, the light begins to fade. 
The steel structure of the ship blocks the moonlight. It blocks the surrounding street lamps. It blocks all ambient light. To be successful in your mission, you have to swim under the ship and find the keel, the center line, and the deepest part of the ship. This is your objective. But the keel is also the darkest part of the ship, where you can't see your hand in front of your face, where the noise from the ship's machinery is deafening, and where it is easily to get disoriented and to fail. Every SEAL knows that under the keel, at the darkest moment of the mission, is a time when you must be calm, composed, when all your tactical skills, your physical power, and all your inner strength must be brought to bear. If you want to change the world, you must be your very best in the darkest moment. The ninth week of training is referred to as Hell Week. It is six days of no sleep, constant physical and mental harassment, and one special day at the Mud Flats. The Mud Flats are an area between San Diego and Tijuana where the water runs off and creates Tijuana sloughs, a swampy patch of terrain where the mud will engulf you. It is on Wednesday of Hell Week that you paddle down to the mud flats and spend the next 15 hours trying to survive the freezing cold mud, the howling wind, and the incessant pressure to quit from your instructors. As the sun began to set that Wednesday evening, my training class, having committed some terrible infraction of the rules, was ordered into the mud. The mud consumed each man till there was nothing visible but our heads. The instructor told us we could leave the mud if only five men would quit. Just five men. We could get out of the oppressive cold. Looking around the mud flat, it was apparent that some students were about to give up. It was still over eight hours till the sun would come up. Eight more hours of bone-chilling cold. The chattering teeth and the shivering moans of the trainees were so loud it was hard to hear anything. And then one voice began to echo through the night. One voice raised in song. And the song was terribly out of tune, but sung with great enthusiasm. One voice became two, and two became three, and before long, everyone in the class was singing. We knew that if one man could rise above the misery, then others could as well. The instructors began threatening us with even more time in the mud if we kept up the singing, but the singing persisted. And somehow the mud seemed a little warmer, and the wind a little tamer, and the dawn not so far away. If I have learned anything in my time traveling the world, it is the power of hope. The power of one person. Washington, Lincoln, King, Mandela, and even a young girl from Pakistan, Malala. One person can change the world by giving hope. So, if you want to change the world, start singing when you're up to your neck in mud. Finally, in SEAL training, there is a bell. 
A brass bell that hangs in the center of the compound for all students to see. All you have to do is quit by ringing the bell. Ring the bell and you no longer have to wake up at 5 o'clock. Ring the bell and you no longer have to do the freezing cold swims. Ring the bell and you no longer have to do the runs, the obstacle course, the PT. And you no longer have to endure the hardships of training. Just ring the bell. If you want to change the world, don't ever, ever ring the bell. To the graduating class of 2014, you are moments away from graduating, moments away from beginning your journey through life, moments away from starting to change the world for the better. It will not be easy, but you are the class of 2014, the class that can affect the lives of 800 million people in the next century. Start each day with a task completed. Find someone to help you through life. Respect everyone. Know that life is not fair and that you will fail often. But if you take some risks, step up when the times are toughest, face down the bullies, lift up the downtrodden, and never ever give up. If you do these things, then the next generation and the generations that follow will live in a world far better than the one we have today. And what started here will indeed have changed the world for the better. Thank you very much. So this, this was a speech that was delivered at the commencement address to the graduates of the University of Texas in Austin on May the 17th, 2014 by the U.S. Admiral William H. McRaven. Now, I never myself have been a U.S. Navy SEAL. But a lot of the things that the Admiral talks about, I myself have experienced to a degree in the Canadian Army. When you are done and on the other side of that kind of training, you look at your life differently. You feel different. You know what you're capable of and what you can endure. And I can tell you that that changes things. It changes you. It changes how you see your life. It changes how you see how other people live their lives. And for me, my army training made me realize that hard times and hard things come and go. But I can make it through to the other side. There might be a whole lot of less than awesome things going on, but I'll endure. I can make it. And just like the Admiral, we started with a ton of people, but not very many of us made it. I didn't always feel that I could make it. And I've been through my share of hard times and I still do. But what going through my basic training and later some other courses like my CAP course, my common army phase course as they call it, we had to do in the army. What it did was made me see 
just how strong I could be, just how strong all of us could be, and just how much we can do when we all work together. Now, I'm not going to lie to you. Not everyone has these skills, unfortunately. I've seen plenty of people who never made it. They broke themselves. They gave in. They gave up. They listened to the voice in their head telling them that they couldn't do this, that they should just give up, that this hardship was too much and too hard, that these people were too mean, too difficult, that this wasn't for them. And I have to think that that's a hard thing to carry through your life, knowing that you told yourself that you don't have it, that you quit. I don't know about you, but I would rather never give up. I would rather be the last man standing. Now, I don't think these military boot camps or joining the military itself is for everyone. I can tell you that. I don't push it on my own kids. I don't push it on my students. I don't push it on anybody. I think a lot of people would be better off doing other things. Heck, I've met a lot of people in the army who I think should have done other things. I think a lot of people would be better off doing other things. That said, I am glad and I am proud that there are some of us who know we will be the last men standing, the last people standing, that we will endure, that we will be a light in the darkness, that we will be the ones standing in the front, taking the flak, taking the dirt, and taking the bullets for everyone else. All of us in small parts can take the lessons from people like Admiral, the Admiral and we can inject it into our lives, into our jujitsu, into our martial arts training. We can develop some mental toughness and understand that if we get knocked down, you get back up. You can learn to be more kind. You can learn to be fair. You can learn to be compassionate. You can learn to be less selfish. You can learn that we are all in this together and we can make the world a better place. And you're going to get that through your training. You're going to get that if you inject it into your jujitsu, into your everyday life. The choice is yours, though. It's something we all have to decide in this life. Are we going to be better? Are we going to make a difference in this world? Are we going to train ourselves to get up and be the last one standing? Or will we just quit? Will we be mean? Will we be cruel? Will we be impulsive and choose the dark path? It's up to us. All right, let's go on to the question of the week. So this question of the week is, Hi, I love junk food. I love it. Do I really need to quit eating it? 
No. If you like eating junk, eat some junk. Life is short. Surprised you with that one, didn't you? <laughs> um, that said, you should fill your day with food that is good for you. Eat vegetables. Eat fruit. Eat nuts. Drink water. When you make that your normal way of living, having some junk food every so often isn't really terrible. You have to enjoy your life. What you don't want to do, though, is make your main food group being candy or potato chips or whatever. You don't want your main drink to be some sugary drink. Vegetables, fruit, nuts, water. That's what you want. But if you like junk, have a little bit of junk. Make it a treat. Moderation is key, but make sure that you're living a life that is mostly healthy and eating that way too. So there you go. I like chocolate and I eat some of it every so often, but I make sure that I eat as healthy as I can and get exercise and get on the mats and meditate and learn to breathe and try to do some good things in this world and be a good friend. Good question. All right, I think we're going to tie it up there for another podcast. So if you're liking this thing, and I know that some of you do because you come back every week, can you go on the Apple Podcasts and give it a review so other people know that the thing is half decent? You don't have to write a big long thing. Just say whatever you think about it that you like. That would be great. And give it five stars. I don't think that's asking too much. The other thing is we have a Facebook page. Seek it out and join. The other one is that I put lots of stuff on is my own martial arts schools page. That is the Eek Academy of Martial Arts. We're up here in beautiful Victoria, British Columbia. If you're in the neighborhood, drop in and say hi. Uh, you can also find me on Instagram. Uh, I post stuff through the Martial Arts School's Instagram page. I don't have multiple pages like some of you social savvy people. I choose to live life, not on the internet. But I do post stuff on that regularly. So check it out. Look for the Eek Academy of Martial Arts on Instagram. I think it's actually just Eek Academy. Um, there is also a website for the Warriors Way podcast. You can find that on the interwebs. And if you like this kind of stuff that I talk about, I've written a couple books. And if you pick them up, that would be awesome. You can get it fairly cheap as a ebook. Um, there is the Warriors Way that the podcast is named after. And there's also another one called A Wolf in the Woods, which one of these days I've got to do a podcast about. I got into a fight with a wolf, if you can imagine. And uh, yeah, you don't want that to happen to you. It kind of changes the way you look at your life and how you, you look at your training and everything else. Um, anyways, if you want to read about it, I wrote about it. Uh, and one of these days, I will do a podcast on that whole thing. But I've got so many cool other ones that I'm trying to get through too. 
Speaking of which, if there's something that you've found in your life that you're like, hey, this guy should do a podcast on that, track me down and send me an email and let me know because that would be a cool thing. Um, A lot of other people have done that in the past and we've done some podcasts on those things. Um, And I think we'll just leave it at that. If you're enjoying this podcast, please let your friends, your enemies and assorted strangers on the street know about it because that would be great. We get the word out by what we're trying to do here. Thanks to you. Um, This thing has definitely got some legs and it has gone a lot farther than I would have ever expected. I thought originally I was just doing this for my martial arts students, but we now have, well, we're coming up to almost 10,000 listens when I'm recording this. And that is crazy to me. Uh, And it is a free thing. And the only thing I ask of you is to help spread what we're doing, give it a review. And like I said, if you're so inclined, pick up a copy of one of my books and that would be awesome. All right. So I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Get out there and do some things and change this world for the better. Get on the mats and train. Bring some people to your school. Support your teacher. Support your friends. Be a good person, be a good friend, and live a good life. Thanks a lot.